Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Fired Up, the hottest sports show in Central Ohio. The show where four sports fans talk sports for the fans. Our topics for this evening are remembering a legend in the soccer world. The march to Salt Lake City begins. Which of the NBA's best will make this year's NBA All-Star game? One week left in the NFL regular season. Which teams are headed to playoffs? Which teams will be watching from home? What a way to close out 2022 in college football. Recapping the New Year's Six Bowl games. Frogs versus Dogs. Who will be crowned national champs? With that, I give you our Chief Fire Fire Brigade, Rob Cow. Thanks, Colton. Good to be here. Matt's Basement live in the studio on a Wednesday night. Back to our regular regular day. Uh, you know, our programming's been off just a little bit with the holidays and everything, but uh, kind of back on schedule, so... Like Colton said, uh, first, you know, first show in the in the new year. Yeah, so. first first show of 2023, getting started off. And uh, like Colton said, um, you know, we had uh, a legend pass away, um, Pele. Uh, you know, even if even if you weren't a soccer fan, you knew who this guy was. Even even for me, growing up, you know, uh, a kid that from rural Ohio, where none of the none of the school that's that I went to or any of the schools around us even had soccer teams, but, uh, you still knew who Pele was, yeah. you know, uh, he won the world cup in 58, 62. And in 1970, the only three time winner. Um, but like I said, uh, you, you just knew who he was his, his nickname was the King. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, give me your guys' thoughts. You know, I don't, it's, I don't, nobody's gonna, I don't think ever match three world world cup championships so. yeah that, that's definitely gonna be super super tough to yeah. tough to do but th- this guy i mean uh I, just a, a global icon not just in the in the soccer world but you know as a as a person a human being you know uh, across the boards um you know like dad said dubbed dubbed the king and um actually made his made his debut um in that 1958 world cup um and is actually the youngest player to ever play in a world cup or start, you know, start a world cup. I think he was uh, 17 years, years of age at the time. So, and uh, he, he did no, you know, he wasn't, you know, shining or, you know, shying away from the limelight that the guy, even at that, you know, young age was playing like a grown man or, you know, was, was a man among boys at, at that, you know, at that stage early on in his, in his career. But uh, you know, I, I just think, you know, <clears throat> comes from very very humble beginnings i mean grew up in kind of a very poor rural town in 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 brazil there um actually grew up uh, shining shining shoes to uh you know make his living or you know to be able to afford some of his uh early on in his in his career early on in his uh you know young life to uh get some of his soccer gear so that's how he was able to make make a little bit of you know pocket change so he could have you know just enough uh, soccer gear to get out there get out there and play but you know, from there, you know, it, it was, you know, he was, you know, destined for, for stardom, if you will. I mean, the, the guy was just known not only in his own, his own city, his own town, but just across the, across the world by the time, you know, he, he finally, you know, hung it up. But uh, yeah, I, I, guy, guy played for a hundred, 114 games for, for, you know, the national Brazilian team and, and scored a 95 goals, which is uh, a record for the, for the Brazilian team. And, you know, probably one that will never be, be matched or topped or, you know, whatever. Um, I think just the, the longevity of his, of his career is, is something that, uh, you know, is, is, you know, tough to see, or, you know, you don't see from, from soccer players all the, all the time. So. Yeah. Looking at some stats for him also uh, over his entire career, I have down, he scored 579 goals over mm-hmm. his entire career. I mean, yeah. that, that's just amazing. And, mm-hmm. and like you said, he won three World Cups. You look at a, a guy like uh, Messi, who just got his first this year, right. as, 
another guy who's talked about as one of the greatest of all time. And right. He just got his first. I mean, right. Pele had three. That's, right. That's just that's an amazing, amazing man, amazing player, and mm-hmm. great ambassador for the game, and mm-hmm. even in first country as well. I mean, as, as great of a player as he was, he was just as great as a human being. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it, it's crazy, you know, the the influence that he had. You know, I saw saw something in an article I was reading that. Uh, you know, in 1967, there was kind of a civil war going on in, in Nigeria. Um, and, and Pele was his, you know, him and his, his team that he was playing for at that time had agreed to play kind of a, an exhibition match, you know, didn't, didn't mean anything. It was just, you know, kind of a, a game to tune up or, you know, keep your skills, you know, uh, tuned up or whatever. But the, uh, rival factions in the civil war actually agreed to a ceasefire just so they can let him play or, you know, let him come to the country and obviously not be, you know, worried about, you know, the civil war going on. They, they agreed to a, a temporary ceasefire until the game was over or until everything was, was done, which is, you know, crazy to think about, you know, a, a person having that big of an impact on, right. on something completely unrelated to, to sports or, you know, to the sports world. Um, but yeah, it was an interesting thing, you know, interesting, uh, you know, thing that I saw there. Um, but he also, you know, not only had an impact, you know, South America, you know, South American soccer, but actually made his way to, to North America, too, and had an impact, um, you know, way before the MLS. You know, obviously that that league has not been around super long, but uh, there used to be a league called the North American Soccer mm-hmm. League um, that uh, actually played, played for the New York Cosmos um, mm-hmm. back in the back in the 70s, played for for three seasons. Won a, won a league title with him and scored 64 goals in, in those, you know, short three seasons that he was with, you know, a North American team. So it was, it was interesting or, you know, pretty cool to see, you know, a big icon like that where come, come to North America and, and, and you know, really shine in a, in a place where soccer really wasn't accepted or really wasn't as big as some of the other sports like basketball and football. Um, but he definitely made, made his impact, you know, not only in his own home country or, you know, um, his home continent, but across the, across the globe as well. And uh, it's, it's, you know, always interesting because he, obviously we know the European leagues or European countries are, are the ones that are, you know, the big soccer fans and, and, you know, they always tried to lure him to go play over there because that's, you know, obviously that's where the most competitive or, you know, some of the competitive leagues are for, for <laughs> soccer, but he always turned it down and decided to, you know, keep, keep staying home and, and play for, you know, his home country and play, you know, they're, they're uh, locally in, instead of making the jump to, you know, probably bigger stardom and bigger, you know, paydays and, and whatnot. He, he decided to stay, stay local and stay true to who he, who he was and, and, and play, you know, his whole career in, in, in South America and, and mostly in the, in the Brazilian country. So mm-hmm. yeah, hats off to him. I've, you know, obviously, you know, sad to, sad to see him, see him go. And, uh, but obviously it, it he, he leaves behind a, a, a giant legacy that, is, is going to be tough, you know, shoes to fill for any, any soccer legend to, to take over or sell. <clears throat> All right. Very good. Moving on, uh, uh, NBA news. Um, you know, we're coming up on the midway point of the season here pretty soon, the NBA all-star game, you know, the voting has started. So, uh, we're going to throw out who we think should be the starting five. We picked, uh, each, each one of us picked uh, three big men and two guards who we thought should be starters. So, uh, Matt, you want to lead us off with your give, – give us your uh, five starters in the East. Why don't we start that way? Yeah, looking at the East, I, I, this almost looked like a no-brainer to me. I've got Joel Embiid for the Philadelphia 76ers starting there in the East. He's scoring 33.5 points per game. Another big going right there with him is Giannis Antetokounmpo for Milwaukee, scoring 32.8 points per game. 
And then another uh, big that you don't always think of as a big because he can dribble, shoot, pass, do it all. But Kevin Durant for the Brooklyn Nets Mm -hmm. uh, scoring 29.6 points per game. Then the guards, I think, were just as easier, if not easier, than the bigs. You got Jason Tatum for the Boston Celtics. He's averaging 30.8 points per game. Mm -hmm. And then a little bit of a surprise, a guy who uh, changed teams this offseason, Donovan Mitchell for the Cleveland Cavaliers, scoring 29.3 points per game, leading the Cavs. I think, I think he deserves a nod for the start of their knees. Yeah, just recently scored 71 points yeah. in, in a game. You know, the, that. the NBA high for this for this season or whatever. So, uh, yeah, he's he's doing well or, you know, it's fit right in with, you know, that young crew that they have in Cleveland and, and being the, kind of that veteran leader what that they need there in Cleveland. And there's, they're having a special season. We'll see, you know, like Dad said, about halfway through, we'll see if they can keep it, keep it, keep it going or keep it together and, uh, really have a strong, you know, strong run here, you know, towards the second half of the season to make a, you know, a big playoff splash. But, you know, for me, I, I got to agree with you, Matt. I, I like, you know, pretty much got all the same, same guys there between, you know, Giannis, Jason Tatum, you know, Joel Embiid, uh, Donovan Mitchell, the only guy I differ on there. I, I think, you know, it, it, it's a close race, but uh, I got, I got Jalen Brown, you know, Jason Tatum's running mate there as, as, you know, one or the other, um, you know, backcourt, backcourt guys that, uh, you know the guys. You know have he's averaging twenty seven point one points a game, which is career high for him. Uh, a little over seven rebounds, which is another career high for him. Uh, he's shooting about fifty percent from the floor, which is another career career high. Um, and and it's crazy because ten to sixteen feet from the basket, he's making almost fifty four percent of his shots. And then go back, you know, sixteen to twenty three feet, which is you know about just inside the two inside the three point line all the way back to the three point line he's shooting another uh almost 53%. So he's he's shooting really well even from from the outside. He's not just getting his points by, you know, layups or buckets or whatever. He's he's really shooting the ball well, has a really great shooting percentage. I think he's done enough to uh, you know, and the, and the Celtics are obviously one of the one of the better teams not just in the East but in, in the NBA in general. So I, I like I like him to uh, you know be that be that guy in the backcourt with uh, with Donovan Mitchell. So all right, well I I, I agree with a couple of your guys' picks. So obviously Embiid, Giannis, but uh, that my other three I'm I'm way way different. All um, right, I like Bam Adebayo from okay. the Heat. I just like the way the guy plays. Okay, you know, and he's putting up good numbers. You know, um, I like Trey Young. You know, this this kid. I had my doubts about him coming into the league. I, I didn't know if he was going to be physical enough. You know, he's kind of slight, slight built, you know, but, you know, that's the same thing that they said about, uh, you know, uh, Kevin Durant when he came in too. But his three-point per, three percentage is down a little bit this year, but his assist numbers are up, and I, I like to see that from a guard. Um, and and uh, so he's, he's my number four guy. Mm-hmm. And my fifth guy is a, a guy from Boston, but not who you guys picked. I love Marcus Smart. Okay. The guy can guard any position on the floor at 6'4". Mm-hmm. He's just a hard-nosed player. You just don't see that mm-hmm. in today's NBA. I mean, the dude, this is a guy that will play defense. Right. And, 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 and he's not afraid to do it on the offensive end. Yeah, I mean, he, he right. does contribute. I mean, yeah. yeah, he's not the go-to guy, but he yeah. will give you some quality minutes yeah. on the offensive side too. So just, great two-way, you know, yeah. kind of two-way player, but yeah. yeah, really well known for his tenacity on the, on the defensive end. Like yeah. you said, being able to just, match up one through five on, on just about yeah. anybody just, that that's very rare in the NBA. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it's not like he's, an imposing face, not like he's super tall or, you know, a, a, a super and, and big he guy. guards all guys, too. Right, I right. mean, I, I remember you guarded Giannis there right. when they played who's, Milwaukee. Who's probably, you know, 
a half a foot taller than him, yeah, but yeah. he's not afraid to get in there. Yeah, and he's get only six four, but he, he right. can guard you know one through five and mm-hmm. does so on a regular on a nightly basis. So I just like the way the kid plays. Yeah, but, yeah. All right, let's like, move out to the west. One, one quick thing, the one thing that's that 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 pops out to me with for for Joel Embiid, which uh, you know I, I found kind of crazy. Um, he's actually shooting eighty five percent from the free throw line, yeah. which is you know obviously he's up towards the top as far as you know points per game you know in in the NBA, but. For a big man, I mean that that's very rare in mm-hmm. in today's NBA that you know big men really focus or try to you know make their free throws and right. he's shooting eighty five percent. I mean that's as that's good. That's important, as, you know. You can't right. get you can't get. And he's going to get away. a lot of opportunities, get, yeah. you know. Because and if it's you know if you don't shoot well, they're just going to you know they're going back to the old hack and shack days. Mm-hmm. They just keep whacking you and right. send you the free throw line. And if you can't convert, then you know that's. It, I mean, obviously, it hurts you the later the game gets or whatever right. when it's a tight game or whatever mm-hmm. you you got to have it can be you know the make or break difference between you know winning a game or two here and uh yeah i mean with him being such a big you know big figure he's going to get plenty of opportunities to, to go to the free throw line it, it's good to see you know to, that he's converting when he when he gets there so <clears throat> yep absolutely all right let's move to the west colton you want to kick us off yeah absolutely um so for me i got uh you know i'll, I'll go start with my backcourt here i got uh Obviously, I think the no-brainer. I got Luka Luka yeah. Doncic from yeah. from the Dallas Mavericks. I mean, the guy is uh, wow. I, I, the last four or five games that he's played, it, it's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. He's putting up, you know, video game numbers. It seems like. Well, he was my MVP last year. Mm-hmm. He's, I mean, he was my MVP pick from last year. Right, and, and I mean, he's off to another hot start. I mean, he started the season with nine straight thirty-point games, which is at you know the longest streak. Yeah in 60 years that that's ever happened um and and kind of cooled off a little bit but is really picking it up here the last you know five six games and it's really translated because the Mavericks are kind of on a I think a seven or eight game winning streak and have gone from almost in the bottom of the west to now towards the top of the west so they're that that's how competitive you know the west is out there that you know you lose a couple games win a couple games you go from being in the 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 bottom spot all the way towards the top so you got to keep that momentum going but this guy just, you know, he's shooting fifty percent from the from the floor. I, I just, you know, love love his game and 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 he's doing a lot there for the Mavericks because if they didn't have him, this Mavericks team would probably be one of the worst in the NBA. So he's he's really contributing to his team and and uh, you know having a lot of success there there in Dallas. And my other guard then is uh, the the guy from from the Oklahoma City Thunder, and that's Shy Gilgis Alexander, another another guy that's, you know. On a on a team that's that's doing surprisingly well. I mean, this is a Thunder team that that's super super young, probably the youngest in the NBA. Um, have been picking towards the top here of, of recent. Have basically traded away all their assets and have just been accumulating top draft picks and whatnot to build this young team. But it's starting to somewhat come come together. Uh, the guys, uh, for me, what stands out is uh, he's second in the NBA in what they call clutch points, which is kind of the last kind of five minutes in a tight, I believe it's like 10 or fewer, uh, actually it might be less than that, might be five points or fewer games. So, um, you know, if, if the team's up by five or down by five, he, he's scoring the second most points in those, you know, last five minutes in a, in a tight ball game. But, but he's not just doing it by, uh, you know, shooting himself into, into those points. He also is second in free throw attempts during that time, during that time frame. He's, and at the time, same time, he's converting. I mean, shooting ninety three percent from the free throw line in those clutch situations, where yeah, one one bucket can can make the difference. So, I like him and and Luca in the backcourt. And then my other my three big men, I got uh, Zion Williamson, the guy from uh, the New Orleans Pelicans. 
Uh, the guy's averaging almost 20 points a game just in the paint. Um, there, there have been some comments in the in the in the media recently that uh, he's out there playing football while the while the rest <laughs> of us are out here playing basketball because he's just a, a man among you know a, a man child, if you will, um, and, and shooting 61 percent from the from the floor. Obviously, this guy not much of an outside shooter, but can knock down, you know, a few outside shots, but most of his game is getting to the rim and, and, and attacking that, attacking the rim. Uh, the other two big men, I got Nikola Jokic. Uh, I don't think a big surprise there. Yeah. Um, leads his team in, in points, rebounds, and assists uh, for, for a, you know, seven foot big man and, and shooting 62% from the, from the floor. Um, and then my other last, you know, last big man, that's, that's a guy in LA that's somewhat trying to keep the LA boat you know, afloat, if you will. And that, and that's LeBron James at, you know, the, the old age of 38, 39 years old, still putting up, you know, really, really good numbers for, for a guy like that. And, uh, you know, still, like I said, trying to keep that Lakers team somewhat afloat while, while Anthony Davis is, is out, you know, I think he's having another, you know, all-star type type season. And, you know, obviously a household name and a staple that we're used to seeing in this, in this all-star game. So, <clears throat> Well, like 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 the East, uh, we fully agree on everything, but one one guard okay. here uh, instead of uh, Gilgis Alexander, I went with John Morant. Okay, you know he's averaging twenty seven point two points per game, and to just knowing how they do the All Star voting, you get yeah. the fan vote and right. and all that in there. I I feel like he's going to get a little more support mm-hmm. than he's more of a a well known household guy. name. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think that's going to be the driving force that mm-hmm. kind of gets him into that starting spot. Right. So, you know, I, I went with John Morant there, but the, the rest of your lineup, I'm dead on with you. Luke, right. Luka Doncic had 34.3 points per game. Right. LeBron scoring 29, mm-hmm. Zion 26. Yeah. And then the Joker, you know, uh, reigning MVP there, just, uh, 25.6 points per game. Mm-hmm. You, just, you can't go wrong with that lineup. Yeah, there. absolutely. Well, I like Luka, um, you know, six more points a game than he averaged last year when he was my pick for MVP <laughs> mm-hmm. and five percentage points better in his field goal shooting. Mm-hmm. I'm going to agree with Matt on John Morant. Um, he's playing less minutes this year, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, more boards, more assists, and uh, actually uh, two and a half more assists than what he averaged last year. I'd love to see that out mm-hmm. of my guards. Yep. Um, I like the Joker. I mean, you know, obviously, but I'm going to go with a different guy from LA. I'm going to go, even though he's injured right now, I'm going with AD. Okay. Um, okay. Four points more a game over last year, mm-hmm. six percentage points better on his uh, shooting from the field, nine percentage points better from three yeah. and three more boards a game. The guy was having a, yeah, one of his best seasons so mm-hmm. far in the NBA until he got injured. Right. You know, hopefully it's something he can come back from. My third big guy, and it's just because I like the way the guy plays. His numbers are right on pace with where he's been, but uh, it's six eleven and two fifty. I love DeAndre Ayton from mm, the Suns. Mm, okay. I like the way the guy plays. So yeah, yeah you yeah. know, um, but yeah, obviously the joke. You know, how can you, you know, the Nuggets big guy? Uh, I mean, the, the dude just is just killing it in all categories. Yeah, so. absolutely. And yeah, we so. got uh, yeah probably about a about a month or so before you know the All Star game or you know All Star festivities take take off or you know take place or whatever. So still plenty of time to get votes and you know all these stats can change and you know guys change and who's you know the starting you know because again it's going to be you know the the two top vote getters are the are kind of the the captains for for each team that will then be somewhat drafting, you know, drafting their, their players or, you know, whatever. So when we say East and West, it really won't be, you know, East versus West per se, because, you know, there'll be a combination of, of different, different guys from, from both conferences, you know, being on, on respective teams, but uh, should be, should be interesting. And, you know, I think 
yeah, NBA is pretty, pretty tight right now. It's, it's going to be uh, a fun all-star game, like I said, in, in uh, Salt Lake City, Utah. So where the Jazz, the Jazz are playing is, is where the all-star game or, you know, all-star weekend is, is this year. So right. we'll see what, the, what they can do. All right. Before we move on to our next segment, we're going to take a real quick commercial break. So uh, stick with us and uh, we'll be right back. This podcast is sponsored by Podbean. Podbean is the easiest way to create your own podcast. We use Podbean to host Fired Up. Download the free Podbean podcast app to start, record, and publish your very own podcast in minutes. Podbean provides everything you need to run your podcast, and you can record and publish episodes directly from the app on your phone. Download the free Podbean app today. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N. Head on over to Podbean at www.podbean.com and use the code PODCAST21 for your first 30 days of podcast hosting for free. Check it out. All right. Uh, staying in the professional ranks, but with the oblong ball, we're going to some NFL playoff news. You know, we still got one week to go, but, uh, you know, kind of looking at the way it stands right now. In the AFC, you got, uh, you know, Kansas City with the first round by. Um, and so you got, and who knows, you know, uh, you know, we had some, had some issues uh, with that Monday night game. Everybody, you know, was up on what, what happened on the, you know, with the Buffalo Bills safety, uh, DeMar Hamlin, um, you know, still no word on uh, how they're going to, the NFL is not decided. They're not going to make up that game yet this week. I'm not. Not sure what's going to happen with that, but as it stands right now, you got eight and eight New England going to Buffalo, um, ten and six Ravens going to Cincinnati, and the ten and six Chargers going to eight and eight Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and this still has potential to change, right? Seating um, and all that, seating yeah. and all that, but mm-hmm. uh, that's what we're looking at in the AFC right now. Um, let's let's talk about that first game, uh, England going in, New England going into uh, Buffalo. Yeah, that's when obviously two two division rivals. You know they see each other twice a, twice a year. Um, you know and um, you know we'll, we'll see. Obviously, New England still fighting for that final you know that final spot. Um, they they you know have it as of now, but you know they have a matchup with these Buffalo Bills the final week of the season to you know see if they what they can do if they it's basically a win and in type situation for new england so if they if they win they're in so don't you know they don't have to worry about it but there are scenarios where if they do lose they can still get in they just need a little bit of little bit of help Um, and they're currently they're tied with pittsburgh and miami for that final spot that final spot new New england's really got to get the job done here right and against a you know a tough opponent and obviously we don't know what mental state the, the Bills are in, mm-hmm. obviously, that un- unfortunate, you know, situation that happened to one of their players, you know, on Monday night. We don't know, you know, where they're at. But, you know, if, if we take that out of the equation, I mean, this is a, a Buffalo Bills team that's obviously still competing for something in this, you know, in these in these playoffs. So I don't think it's going to be, you know, the Bills are just going to lie down and, and, and right. you know, let let the Patriots. It's going to be a grinded out, grinded out game. And, and but. It's interesting. I mean, the, the Dolphins play the, the Jets, who, you know, the Jets are obviously out of the playoffs, mm-hmm. but, you know, would love to play spoiler to the Dolphins. And they've had a good season. Yeah, and, have, and had a good, you know, a good Tua's, year. They've already announced Tua's not going right. to play. Right, and, and Tua's not playing, and, and, you know, who knows the Dolphins, you know, quarterback situation, you know, uh, it, it, yeah, it makes for an interesting situation. The Dolphins started out so well, started out the season so good, mm-hmm. and have really fallen off here, here as of recent. 
and then the Pittsburgh Steelers for I don't even know how they're how they're here. I mean, they started out the season so bad. Right. I thought they were destined for a top five pick, and somehow they've clawed and scratched. And you know, Hung I think I think that just is an attest you know a testament to Mike Tomlin's job in Pitt. I mean, I don't think there's been a more consistent. You know, you say what you will. The guy's been there forever and may have, you know, deserved to be fired or whatever. But to, to get this team to, you know, almost to the playoff, I mean, I don't think anybody could imagine mm-hmm. that, you know, especially how the season started. T.J. Mm-hmm. Watt goes down. They, you know, they have no quarterback. They, you know, are, are shuffling quarterbacks in and out of the lineup. And somehow they, they're they here. They're mm-hmm. there, you know, have a chance to make the playoffs. Uh, they, they obviously play another division opponent, division mm-hmm. round in the Cleveland Browns, who – you know, are out of the playoffs, but would love nothing more than to, you know, put their bitter rivals in Pittsburgh out of the, out of the playoffs. Spoil the season for Pittsburgh. But, uh, you know, another team that, that's fighting for a spot that the only way they, you know, can make it is basically if they beat Jacksonville and that's ten, yeah. the Tennessee Titans. I was going to say that may be the most exciting game of this, this of last the weekend, week of the you know, season. Yeah. It, it's a playoff game. It's, right. It's win and you're in. You right. win the division. It's everything to these two teams. Right. And and, and it's kind of crazy because, yeah, the, the, the Titans, they have to win. If they don't win, there's no scenario they're, they're out. And, and, and as a team, that's the situation I guess you want to be in mm-hmm. uh, you can, where you control your own destiny. Right. You know, I mean, I don't know uh, – in that situation, you want to, you know, win. You know, also got to do is win, fellas. Mm-hmm. Right. Know. Whereas, you know, on the flip side, I think, I think now I'm not saying that this is what you want. You obviously want to go out there and win the game, but Jacksonville can statistically they can still make the playoffs even if they lose. But they would have to have the Dolphins, the Patriots, and the Steelers all lose at the same time in order yeah. to, to clinch that final wild card no, spot. I don't like those. And guys. I wouldn't put your, you know, I would, yeah, I wouldn't put your faith in that or you know whatever. Go out there, win the game, and and, and don't, not worry. About not worry. Other than again, it. you got Miami without Tua. You got New England playing Buffalo. What's what's Pittsburgh's matchup? Cleveland, Cleveland, Cleveland. Browns. So right. anything can happen there. Right, I exactly. Mean, yeah, I guess Jacksonville really still has a pretty good shot either way. But at the same time, I mean, these two teams, obviously Tennessee and Jacksonville, are division you know division opponents as well, and have already matched up once this season. And, mm. and Jaguars, you know, they took took the Titans to school on the, on the yeah. first matchup. Obviously, we'll see what what happens. Uh, Tennessee again dealing with the injury bug. Their starting quarterback Ryan Tannehill's out for the rest of the route out for the season. They they're starting over over top of their rookie you know quarterback that they drafted this past year. They're starting uh, Josh Dobbs, who's been you know kind of a veteran or household name as kind of a backup guy for for several different teams. They're actually going. He's going to get the start start for them, but. I mean, I think at the same time, they, they rested Derrick Henry last week against the Cowboys to really gear up for this game. I, I'd like to see, you know, I, I would expect the Titans to really feed him a lot in this game. The Jaguars are dealing with some injuries on that defensive side of the ball themselves. But but I don't know. I, I Who know, who thought Jacksonville would be, yeah. would be mm-hmm. here? Be not only, you know, making the playoffs, but winning their own their own division. And obviously right. their division is, is a mess. But still, I, I did not expect – Jacksonville to make this big of a big of a jump yes they improved but did not expect them to be you know a, and, and good for Jacksonville yeah absolutely. you know what yeah you know good for them absolutely yeah. so still a lot of you know still a lot of a lot of you know unanswered questions at right this still point. a lot of good stuff you know stuff to watch here and week you know the final week of the regular season um and I think that's that's what you want I mean yeah we we you know we don't it, it doesn't make for a great season when you have just you know several dominant teams right. it, it, it's still 
good football to watch here at the at the end of the season um, that that is worth worth something because I can remember you know before they kind of expanded the playoffs or whatever it was like the last two weeks of the season no it, it was almost like a preseason game because the top teams were already had already clinched their spot had they already got their seating playing their second they're playing second and third strings and, yeah. and, and it was just you know not good football Very to, to few watch of the games meant anything right and, and now it, it seems like it's it's a different different scenario maybe it's because there's more more parity in the NFL now than what there used to be I, I don't know but it, it just yeah it's making for good good football at least in the in the AFC so yeah. <clears throat> you have no idea what the NFL is going to do with that situation with Buffalo right. I, I don't see a way they can make that game up at this yeah, point. No. I mean, with this week gone, you're, you're playing next week. No. Do you postpone the playoffs so right. they can play that game? Yeah, I, mean, I think I mean, tough. it affects a lot, a lot of, a lot of seeding yeah. and potential ins and outs. Right. But I right. Just, I don't, I don't see what they can really do. I think they yeah, just got to let it be. Let it go. And, yeah. Yeah. yeah and, and, and go with is. it. Yeah. Do you give both teams a tie? Do you give, right. Uh, yeah, I, I, don't I, know. I don't know that that really, I mean, even if you do, what does that really, I mean, that just, right. I, I don't know if that helps or hurt. It just, you know, says they played another game or they have the mm-hmm. same, you know, number of games that everybody has, but uh, yeah, I just don't see how they're going to be able to make but that. But if they, if they make it a no contest, then the problem is Cincinnati pretty much automatically wins their division. Now mm-hmm. their game against uh, Baltimore this week doesn't mean anything. Right. Yeah. And, and that that's probably a little bit of a tough swell for, for uh, pill for Baltimore yeah, to swallow. Yeah, but, yeah. exactly. Yeah. You know, it, it's just it's it's a terrible situation yeah, to, for anybody right. to have to deal with. And, right. and I'm not, and I know a lot of people gave Skip Bayless a bunch of crap for mentioning that they they should be playing because of right. the implications. And I'm not saying that. Right. It, it just, it's it's a terrible tough situation. Right. Right. There's no right answer. Yeah, yeah. There's no there's no right answer. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think. Yeah. They. No matter what they do, I don't think. Yeah, it's gonna you know turn out you know, the way people want it or, you know, it, right. it has just, yeah, a lot of implications here, yeah. but uh, yeah, this tragedy, tragedy, you know, crazy circumstances or whatever, but you know, it, it's always, always a possibility. I mean, it's a, mm-hmm. it's a dangerous game that, that, that they play out there and it, it's always, you know, something that, that, you know, the possibility is there and, and, you know, unfortunately it, it happened in this one. And so we, you know, prayers and everything out to, out to, you know, the family and, and the bills player there and, and, you know, hopefully a, a speedy recovery and, and whatnot. Um, but just, yeah, crazy, crazy to, to, to see it. I mean, uh, to see it live, to happen live, like it, it just, you know, blows your, blows your mind or whatever, but uh, we'll see, we'll see what the NFL decides to do on that. But I, I don't see any other way than to just, you know, leave just it as it. is, yeah. you know, it never happened, you know, whatever type deal. So. All right. Well, over to the NFC. Um, Philly at this point, you know, obviously has the first round by, and then in the first matchup, you got eight and eight, eight and eight Seattle going into twelve and four San Francisco, mm-hmm. nine six and one Giants going to the twelve and four Vikings, twelve and four Dallas going to eight and eight Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. Um, a few less questions over here, mm-hmm. um, not as cloudy as the AFC, but still maybe a couple mm-hmm. changes yep. that can go on. All right here in this last week mm-hmm. um you know I, I don't know it's it, there's some hot teams over here some teams that you know i really didn't expect to be where they're at right now but you know I, there's still some good football to be played over here in the nfc as well yeah absolutely another another one where the final you know the six teams have, have somewhat you know the six teams have all 
got a spot in the playoffs. Right. It's just a matter of but where they're at. Jockeying for position. Yeah, right. but yeah. there's still a final wild card spot up for you know up for grabs. And at the moment, it's it's the Seattle Seahawks sitting in the in, mm-hmm. in there, but they don't even control their own destiny mm-hmm. even at the final spot. Green Bay, who's you know behind both Detroit, you know, and Seattle. They win against Detroit, they're in. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter. They, they, they win, they're in. They, mm-hmm. That's you know, and it, it's just again interesting that two teams that are fighting for a spot in the playoffs are batching up against these you know division right. rivals or division opponents in mm-hmm. Detroit and Green Bay, playing each other in the final week of the season with a, a playoff spot on the on the so line. Does, and if Detroit wins, so if if Detroit wins, um, let's see here, I got it written down. So they have to win. And the Seahawks either have to lose or tie against the Rams. Okay. And so Seattle's playing the Rams in their final week, who are five and eleven. Right. I right. would say seventy to eighty percent chance they're probably going to win their game. But still, a lot of talent on that team. Right. I mean, that was a team I mean, that just won the Super Bowl right, a year exactly. ago. Exactly. Yeah, you didn't expect them to be this bad. So mm-hmm, I mean, exactly. there is still hope for still hope for the guys, you know, in blue and silver. So right. Yeah. And then you know, Detroit. Like I said, they they win. They got to hope for a Seattle loss or a tie to to somewhat get in i mean there's other scenarios but that's the one that probably makes the the most sense or probably the one that's most likely to to happen if you will um when it comes to seattle um they have to win and then hope either the packers lose or tie against detroit which you know it it can go either way like i said two division opponents final week of the season between detroit and green bay i mean Mm -hmm. i i you know Green Bay, again, almost like the Steelers, I never – the way that their season has gone, I, I would have never imagined they'd be still fighting for a playoff yeah, you spot. Know, and at times they've looked like the Packers that we expected them to be, the la- and the other times they have looked just absolutely lost, gone off. Lost yeah. out there. Um, and, and But on the flip side, it's the same for Detroit. I, I didn't expect them to be here at, at all. all. Um, yeah, yeah. And again, good for Detroit. Right, right? yeah. I mean, you know something what? that they have not had for, for a, long a long time. time. Um, and, and, and as good as it is for Detroit, I say good for Jared Goff. This uh-huh. is a guy that was pretty much thrown out with the bathwater. Right. And, and, in, in LA, you know, because yeah. they, they, they wanted their, their Super Bowl championship. Right. And I think he could have got he could have brought him on the way right. he's playing mm-hmm. in Detroit. Right, you absolutely. Know, I'm glad to see him rebound and really play well and, yeah. you know, make, make lemonade out of the lemons he was dealt in that deal. Right, yeah, yeah because you've seen, I think, now that he's in Detroit and playing a little bit more loose or, mm-hmm. you know, playing, you know, they're letting him do things in the offense that I don't know that they let him necessarily do in, in LA. It seemed like they somewhat, I don't know, tightened the reins or it was just mm-hmm. kind of making him more of a, of a game manager where it was like, all right, just go out there, make a few decent throws. Don't turn the ball over and, and, you know, do enough, but let our defense get, you know, get some wins. Right. You don't have that luxury in Detroit. I mean, yeah, Detroit, it. as good as they're, you know they're they're playing their defense is not good by you know no stats give up a lot of stats wise um, so he doesn't have that luxury of kind of relying on his defense to you know get consistent stops and you know help him out so he does have to go out there and, and sling it with guys that you know probably most of us have never even heard right. of and you know whatever didn't didn't expect to you know put up the stats that they have but yeah he just looks comfortable in Detroit he looks like a guy that yeah is just now got the got the locker room is 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 a great guy there there in Detroit but uh yeah both a, a very good situation for both you know Jared Goff and and the Detroit Lions but we'll we'll see what happens um you know I, I think yeah again even towards the top um you know the Eagles currently have that number 1 seed 
but they can lose it in the final final they season. From right? one final, clear to five. Yeah, they yeah. can go all the way to the bottom uh, because <laughs> Dallas still has a chance. You know, they're right there to, to clinch the division. Um, so it, it, a lot of stuff can happen here in, in the final weeks, not just in the teams that are still fighting for a spot, but mm. those teams, you know, fighting one through four, one through five, um, you know, jockeying for – position but uh yeah it, it's... i feel like if you're philadelphia you've got to play jalen hurts this week because mm-hmm. you know this is their final chance for if they win it's their final chance for a tune-up because then they would get the first round by mm-hmm. if he doesn't play this week and somehow they squeak out a win you know that's like six five or six weeks before he's seeing the field again mm-hmm. it, it, coming into a yeah, so second does, round playoff matchup so does the, the the time off help him get more healthy or does the time the off timing, hurt him? I think, yeah. right with the with the rust you know right. especially playing against the best of the best in the nfl i, right, I think right. that rust can really hurt you yeah point. absolutely going into because usually the teams it's not always the best team that wins the super bowl or that you know it's is, a team is, that's hot it's a yeah. team that's and hot I, you know right i think time. the team that's hot in the nfc right now is, is san francisco <laughs> yeah i, yeah, I gotta like, agree they will look like world beaters right now and, i don't and with, a, a, with a third string, third quarterback. string quarterback and the vikings are, are playing I, I i don't even want to they, they shouldn't even be here i i don't even know they, they're 12 and 4 yeah they've squeaked out so many games and yeah, it finally they're, they're fool's goal right it, it finally caught up to them i mean the, the packers handed what, them you know and it, i mean the matchup right now is is dallas 12 and 4 but they got to go play at Tampa Bay. Right. I, I think if you're a Dallas fan, you got to be worried about that. Cause right. Tom Brady, Tom Brady come playoff time. And then they, the first, that man. was the first game of the season yeah. and Tampa Bay beat them in the first game of the season at, right? at Dallas, I at believe. Dallas. So it's like, yeah, you don't know. I don't know. I, and Brady's coming off a week where he had uh, probably his best game of the year. The the bucks finally had their best game of the year against a division opponent in Carolina. They're starting to get a little bit more healthy. Right. I it, mean, their offensive line is still still beat up pretty right. bad. Um, but who knows? It, what, you know, we'll ne- you know, yeah, never know. Anything can happen out here. In right. The, in the NFC is because, I mean, yeah, the Eagles are not playing any slouches this yeah. way. I mean, they got the Giants who are still, you know, they're in the playoffs. But, you know, I, I still think that they want to prove something or, you know, want to keep that momentum going mm-hmm. that they that they have. Um, so, I think uh, – yeah, the, the Eagles definitely, you know, have their hands full to, you know, lock up that that one mm-hmm. seed there for, for the NFC and, you know, obtain that first round bye. And whether yeah, or not I that mean, helps Dallas or is hurt. playing Washington, who's I, I think they're finally out of the They're picture. out of the playoffs. Yep, so, they have been eliminated. Yeah. So we don't know. And I, and what, I believe I saw something, bring. Washington starting a, their rookie quarterback, you right. know, this week to try to get him, you know, some time. So we'll and see. I guess if you're not in the playoffs, you might as well be trying to lose this week because right, you, you, right. you're going for – Draft position, draft position yeah, at that better, point. better draft, you know, position. So we'll uh, we'll see what happens over the NFC, but still, you know, both NFC and AFC, really great football still still to come, and in, yeah. in, in the final week of the of the season. So we definitely don't want to don't want to miss it. it it's going to be exciting before we you know get into wild card you know wild card weekend. <clears throat> All right. Well, we're going to stick with football. We're going to move to the amateur ranks here. Um, start up. Uh, these are in no particular order, I guess, but. Uh, Start off with the Rose Bowl, um, Penn State and Utah. Utah made their second straight Rose Bowl and lost their second yeah. straight Rose Bowl. Um, Penn State, you know, where did this team – when was the last time Penn State scored 35 points <laughs> right. in any game, mm-hmm. let alone a bowl game? Um, uh, Sean Clifford looked 
awesome. Yeah, that's probably his best game of his college career right. that I, at least that I can remember. Um, you know, for from recent memory. But yeah, not, and, not a bad time to have it and, on a yeah. national stage before <laughs> your potential to chance the, to get drafted. But he only right. completed sixteen passes. Yeah, but yeah. two hundred and seventy nine yards on those sixteen passes, mm-hmm. and the running back only carried the ball seven times. For 120 yards, it was a big play offense. Mm-hmm. Man, it was just, I don't know. It was. Uh, and and how that happening? It's such a good Utah defense. I mean, Utah's defense has played it, well all season it, long. You know, I, I watched a lot of this game, and, you know, they talk about, the, oh, this is, you know, two great defensive teams, and it, I didn't see it. Yeah, I mean, it was the flip side. I mean, Penn State's defense looked looked good. Yeah, I mean, they, they forced they two turnovers. Yeah, had yeah. two turnovers. Six sacks. Six sacks, nine tackles for loss, and, you know, like I said, two turnovers. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I, I thought the script was going to be the other the other mm-hmm. way around, you know. Right. And, and for as well as Sean Clifford played, Cam Rising played just and as that bad. Wind up getting injured. Wind up getting injured in the third quarter, and you know didn't didn't come back. But I mean, was eight for twenty one. Uh, only had ninety five passing yards, uh, one one passing touchdown, and one you know one pick, and did have fifty some rushing yards. But yeah, just. Never was in sync, never yeah. really was, was even when he was healthy and was out there, just, you know, wasn't able to really connect with his, with his receivers. But yeah, you kind of have to question, did Utah use it all up when they beat USC for right. the conference championship right. yeah. there? Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, hats off to Penn State, a, a phenomenal, yeah. you know, showing for the Big Ten absolutely. there in, in, a, in a big game. And, you know, uh, it, James Franklin is usually one of those guys that when it comes like a big game like this, he, he makes a stupid decision, mm-hmm. you know, whatever – a controversial call that, that winds up coming back to, to hurt them, but it was fine. You know, they, they got big plays on offense. Their defense mm-hmm. stepped up in a, in a lot of ways, and, and, and it was a all-around good performance for from Penn State. And I guess we'll, we'll talk about the Big Ten a little more here a little later, but yeah. Penn State's officially the flag bearer for the Big Ten yeah, in this Absolutely. Right, season. Right. Uh, next on my notes here, I, I had the Cotton Bowl, Tulane versus USC. Um, wow. Explain to me how you have 600 yards of offense control the ball for 40 minutes and lose <laughs> because your defense is equally as bad yeah lincoln <laughs> riley wow where is your defense i mean mm-hmm. caleb williams he looked like the high the trophy, trophy winner, winner. yeah i don't think I you mean, could have asked any more out of him you know and I, I was actually at work trying to i was working at my desk and actually had this game on and um you know ufc was up by 15 points with like four minutes to go and I think we got a call or something. I got called away and came back, and the game was over. And Tulane was holding the trophy. One by and one. And the winner was not USC. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, yeah. what just happened? Right. So I had to go back and uh, kind of look it up and see what happened. And it was like, what a – I still haven't figured it out. But Right. Yeah, a touchdown, a turnover, and a touchdown. Well, and, a, a and, and a safety, and a safety in, in between there. Yeah. there. Yeah. A safety in there. Yeah, so. yeah. and it, it's crazy because, yeah, USC literally never trailed in this game. Mm until the, the like last four seconds in the game when, when <laughs> Tulane, you know, threw a touchdown. I mean, it, it just, I, yeah, I don't know. And it wasn't like Tulane's defense did anything, anything spectacular. spectacular. No, obviously not. They, they gave up, you know, 45 points and, you know, a ton of 600 offense yards off themselves, but they got that critical stop or got, you know, enough stops at the end of the game that it made, made the difference. Right. And, and they, what a turnaround for this for this program! Last year went two and ten. This year finished the season twelve and two. The best best turnaround ever in FBS history to go nice. from you know a two win season to now a twelve win season. Best turnaround ever in, in FBS, and that, that it just 
crazy, you know, that, that they, you know, were able to pull that off because mm-hmm. I'm not sure that anybody really saw that, saw that coming because right out of the gate, USC looked like they, they were up 14, nothing. It's like, up oh, this, uh, yeah, this is over, they're going to coast. But Tulane every time found a way to, to keep fighting and, 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 and their keep way. it close right. enough where they, and, and I'm not saying that this Tulane, Tulane team is a bad team, but if you let a, I'd say a less superior team or a less talented team hang around, hang around you start giving them hope. You start giving them yep. momentum that they really can pull off this upset. And, and USC never really was able to close the door on it. Right. They get up a couple scores, but then Tulane come right back and, and figure a way, you know, to, to score multiple times to, to tie think, it back up. I think up. we know where Lincoln Riley needs to work on that team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There, there's definitely some work on that, on that other side of the ball yep. in the off season. Um, all right. Mm-hmm. Next, I got the orange bowl, uh, Tennessee, uh, destroyed Clemson 31 to 14. And it really, there's another one that really doesn't make any sense. Um, you know, Tennessee, obviously we know Hendon Hooker didn't play and their two top receivers didn't play. Um, Joe Milton played for Tennessee, who was a transfer from Michigan. He had three TDs. Clemson had almost 500 yards of offense, 34 first downs, and only scored 14 points. <laughs> um, Missed opportunities. Missed yeah. opportunities. They were over three on fourth down. Mm-hmm. Um, and here's the thing that what kind of didn't make sense to me. They have a 1,200-yard rusher in Will Shipley, mm-hmm. and they have a backup quarterback in there, and they let him throw it, throw it 54 times. And mm-hmm. two interceptions. And, and, and had two picks. Um, you know, to me, that that's not a good game plan, Coach. Mm-hmm. Um, no. You know, Shipley, you know, one of the best rushers in the country. And you got a backup quarterback in there, and you throw the ball fifty-four times. I mean, yeah. I guess unless they just really want to see what they're going to have next year, right. and, and they're just trying to, you know, they, they weren't worried about the win per se. I, I guess right. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I always want to win as a coach. Yeah, absolutely, wins right. and losses. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. You know, no, no better way to you know put yourself or you know start off with some momentum going into next you know next mm-hmm. year recruiting than, and yeah. uh, transfers and whatever right. to get a big yeah. a big bowl win, but. Yeah, it just it, it's baffling because Clemson was in t- Tennessee. It wasn't that they had trouble moving the ball; they just had trouble putting points on right. the board. Uh, they they got into Tennessee ter- territory nine of their first ten possessions. <laughs> they they moved the ball past the fifty yard line and were you know on the door not you know on the door knocking to to score some points, but it resulted in two field goals. Those those nine possessions that they were on uh, you know on mm. the other side of the fifty. They got six points out of it. So, wow. like I said, just missed opportunity after missed opportunity. Just, you know, we're not able to, to close it. And and Tennessee stuck to what they do and, and, and you know, didn't really like, look like they missed a beat even without their top guys out there. I mean, Milton played a great game, and, and the other guys that, that did play stepped up when they when they needed to, and they, they got the win here. Right. <laughs> yeah. All right. Now, then the Sugar Bowl. You know, this one started out like, hey, this is going to be a ball game. You know, K-State scored the first 10 points, and then Bama reeled off five straight touchdowns yeah, yeah. and never looked back. Mm-hmm. Wound up winning 45-20. to 20. Um, Bryce Young looked, looked Phenomenal. like – In his yeah, final game of, yeah. of his college career. Five touchdowns. Um, you know, this was this was never really a ball game after that 10 nothing spot that, that, Kent, that Bama spotted. Yeah, I, I think Alabama really came out in this game mm-hmm. looking like they had something to prove. Mm-hmm. You know, they – they, they thought they should have been in the, the final four there. They thought right. the committee should have gave them the nod. Right. You know, they, they played a heck of a football game. But, you know, I, I we'll, we'll talk about the top four here in our next two. I, I 
I still don't think they deserve to be over those four. That, mm-hmm. that was two great football games we mm-hmm. watched. Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, you, you talk about Clifford only completing 16 passes and going for, you know, almost 300 yards. Well, Bryce Young only completed 15 passes and did go over the 300-yard <laughs> mark with, the, with those, you know, five touchdowns, you know. 15 of his completions, you know, five of those completions were for touchdowns. That's so, pretty good. So every, he only threw 10 normal completions. Right, every, right. Every third pass is a touchdown. Right, That's yeah. pretty good ratio. Pretty, yeah. pretty good, you know, pretty good odds there. So, yeah, yeah no, you know, no better way to close out his college career. Obviously, it has officially made the announcement that he's going to, you know, make the jump to the, to the no, NFL. I don't think that's And, and by no surprise, yeah. you know, again, but. I think, yeah, that it was good to see, you know, for college football, for Alabama, that, yeah, all their top guys decided, you know, we, we still got something to play for mm-hmm. here, and, and the stars showed up for them in this game. And that, I think Kansas State just didn't have the athletes, didn't have, you know, the ability to, to keep up in a game that, yeah, the stars shine bright for, for Alabama. So, right. and I, what we kind of expected or expected this Alabama team to be all, all season, season. Yeah. they finally were able to put it all together in, in this in this final game. But uh, so it, it, it yeah puts begs the question to you know the what ifs out there for mm. for Alabama. You know what what if they had had kind of a performance like this every week? You know right, whatever right. would would they be you know playing for this national championship? Would they be in the you know the top four or whatnot? But obviously you know still a, still a, still a great season for Alabama. You know getting a, getting a win in the in the Sugar Bowl. All right. Uh, Fiesta Bowl time, I guess, as much as I hate to talk about it. You know, 96 total points scored in this. TCU came out on top 51 to 45 over my Michigan team. You know, it was a, it was a game of big plays, I felt, you know, and, and the difference being the two pick sixes that, that Michigan threw. Um, you know, you know, give the maize and blue credit, I guess, for hanging in there. You know, not too many teams. I don't would have continued to fight. Would have continued to fight and mm-hmm. still have a chance to uh, – you know, be in that game at, you know, at the end there mm-hmm. um, and get, get back to six points with what, about three and a half minutes to go mm-hmm. and get the ball back and, you know, and, and started, you know, started a drive mountain, a drive there to maybe, maybe uh, do something there at the end, but, you know, it just wasn't meant to be mm-hmm. uh, TCU. I thought, you know, had a great game plan, um, you know, for the most part, I felt, you know, that, very first play from scrimmage, we had a big run. But other than that, you know, I thought they did a good job against a, a great um, uh, Michigan run run offense. Um, that uh, winners, the safety man, you know, he uh, did a great job uh, shooting the gaps, and he was all uh, over the field. he was all over the field. You know, making a lot of tackles for loss, and um, was all over the field there. Um, you know, it was it was a great uh, great job of uh, coaching. I thought. Um, from the TCU staff and, uh, and some I, I questionable thought, decisions on, on the, on, on the, the Michigan, Michigan side. Yeah, I yeah. thought so too. And I, you know, I, I really did. I felt TCU was a better team uh, mm-hmm. in, yeah. in, that, in that early game on New Year's Eve. Yeah. I mean, they, they continued their, their trend of being the underdog, you know, and, and have relished that moment and, have, you know, lived in it. I mean, that's, yeah. that's been their whole, you know, motto this whole entire season. I mean, came off a year last year where they went five and seven and they were picked seventh, you know, to finish seventh in the Big 12 this year. Well, they, they by far exceeded expectations, you know, when it when it comes to when it comes to that. And now they're you know, obviously going to be playing in the national championship, which is first time since uh, 1938 wow. that, that TCU's playing for a national championship. And I don't know if anybody put any money on them to be or play or win the national championship, but they're they're potentially going to have a big payout oh, here if, if if this you know comes to fruition and we'll you know talk about the game here in a, in a little bit but 
yeah, TCU just did what they do, you know, have done all season. I didn't feel like their game plan really changed or they really got off of what they do. You know, it, it was Michigan that was kind of scrambling, trying to figure mm-hmm. out how to how to recover um, and, and really, you know, TCU knocked them off of kind of what their game plan usually is. Right. So, uh, Yeah, I mean, watching this game with, with your dad here, I, like I said, there was a couple of questionable decisions. The, the first quarter, I mean, Michigan drives it clear down there. Uh, they go for it on fourth and goal, but right. they decide to do a, like a reverse pass yeah. flea flicker type thing. And Receiver pass. It just, yeah, I, way I mean, too just, cute. Yeah, just pound it in there. You yeah. got you got the talent to do it. So right. that, that was a little weird. And then, I mean, I, I won't blame this one on Michigan because it was a questionable call on the officials on what should have probably been a touchdown on that catch there. Right. But, I mean, that could have – just as easily change the deal right, here. I mean, right. Michigan played a good game. They, they, you know, they fought to the very end. And right. for the Big Ten, I, I was proud to see right. how, how well they fought. It was how an well entertaining game to watch. Yeah, it, it was sure. just – yeah, it was crazy to watch, you know, because, yeah, it was like Michigan would get just close enough that you're like, we got – Oh, they we're, got a chance. We're, yeah, we're, they're, they're going to do this. Yeah. And then and TCU then found the a way, <laughs> you know, found a way to just keep fighting yeah, themselves. Punch, counter, punch. And, yeah. and, and, and I kept saying, like, if Michigan does find a way to win this game, like – I think as a TCU fan, you have to be deeply disappointed mm. because TCU might have just put up their best performance on both sides of the ball that they've had all all right. season mm-hmm. against a super quality opponent, mm-hmm. and Michigan found a way to win this mm-hmm. game. Like that has to feel deflating. But in the end, we're not talking about that. Michigan, you know, took the L. TCU, you know, going to be playing in the national well, championship. I, but... I can tell you exactly how that feels in, yep. the, in the next game yeah, we're going right, to talk right, about. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, let's go ahead and move on to the. the that Peach Bowl game, you know, Georgia comes out with a one-point win over OSU, 42-41. You know, the, the the clock struck midnight, and it was the death knell for the Big Ten mm-hmm. as far as a cha- having a chance at a national championship game. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a game. C.J. Stroud just looked absolutely mm-hmm. phenomenal. Mm-hmm. 23 of 34, 348 yards, four touchdowns. I mean – and even added 34 rushing yards. Yeah, yeah, that, which yeah is doing something he hasn't no, done all yeah, year. Yeah. It's something I thought he should have done a little bit yeah, more of. Right. You know, if it to me, if if he played this good in the Michigan game, they blow us out. Yeah, I don't think uh, it's even a question. You know, um, and I I felt this was maybe had a different outcome if if Harrison didn't get hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, you know, kudos to the Buckeyes and their training staff. They didn't put winning in front of a player's health. Right, right. You know, they they put they they said Harrison. You know, they they felt yeah, he had a concussion. They they didn't want to put him back in there. And, and, yeah, you and, know, I give them a lot of credit for that, especially when a title like this was on the line. Mm-hmm, you know, yeah. this was a big deal, and yeah, they did the right thing. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm proud of the Buckeyes for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. No no doubt. Yeah. Um. Yeah. But uh, you know, Georgia obviously coming in, you know, the favored team, and Ohio State put up a great fight. You know, but Georgia, you know, give them credit. They hung in there mm-hmm. and, you never, know, never count gave, them out, gave know? themselves, you know, gave themselves a chance to win at the end and, you know, and and then give the Buckeyes credit for coming back right. there at the end and, you know, driving giving themselves down, a chance, I giving guess. themselves a shot. Right. Um, a little question. The only questionable call I had for Ryan Day that whole game, I kind know, of those they, last they had a chance plays. to get a couple more yards yep. there and mm-hmm. they, right. just, they, they, they didn't take it. I right. You, you got a kicker who's pretty automatic. I get it. I get his faith in the kicker because he's been great all right, season right. long. But you just got like, a 50 kick yards. That, 50 yards that anybody. far out, you got to put so much yeah. on a kick like that. It's not unusual for him to hook, you know, to, mm. to push it to yeah. push left it. or right or, you know, yeah. whatever. So, um, yeah. I mean, at 50, 50 yard, 50 plus yards or whatever. I mean, you're, you're talking consistent from NFL range. Right, and I know, right. you know, the guy's been good from all distances or whatever, but. 
just in that moment. I mean, that's a lot, you know, to, to put, I, I, I have to agree with you, oh, Matt, those yeah. final, you know, few plays, they were so close there, you know, in the, in the, in the final thing, I would have looked, would have liked to seen some different, you know, play calling to, I, to just get enough chunk. Yeah, five like they, five yards. Wasn't like they had to get, you know, another 20 right. yards. I mean, yeah, you would, have, you would have liked to have gotten another right. 20 yards to make it somewhat of a, an automatic mm-hmm. field goal, but you know, just another, you know, chunk yardage, five, six yards, I think would have been, would have been okay. So I, I also kind of understand not passing because what do they say about a pass? Only three things can happen and two of them, two are, bad. Of them are bad. Right. Yeah. Complete yep. interception. Yep. Or, hey, maybe you get a completion. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Or a sack. Right. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, I, I, I get not wanting to risk it but, when you thought you were in range. Right. But right. That's, yeah. It's tough. Yeah. All right. Well, that's, that's, that hurts bad enough to see both those team <laughs> losers. Let's move on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. National championship game. <laughs> you know, right after the game, they had Georgia at 13 points. It's down to two and a half now. Twelve and uh, a half. Or, uh, yeah, twelve and a half. <laughs> Two and a half, yeah, know, whatever. Two that would have been a big jump. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, I think I think the key to this, and I think Michigan should have done a little bit more of this, but I think this is good where TCU might struggle. Um, and that's, you know, Georgia likes to throw to that big tight end and Brock Bowers. Mm-hmm. And maybe if, if Michigan, all Michigan's tight ends would have been healthy, mm-hmm. I think might have been more of an issue for them. But uh, I think that's going to be uh, that's going to be trouble for um, TCU to stop Brock Bowers. So I, I do like George to win this. I mean, obviously you can't count TCU out. They've been doing it all season long. Right. Playing, they love that underdog mm-hmm. role. Yep. Um, you know, Duggins is <laughs> the kid finds what he he is an absolute beast. Right. Yeah. I definition mean, of, of, of a team guy. I mean, the and, guy and that a, and a, and a leaves team. it all out there on the yeah, field. Absolutely. <clears throat> you know, you, you never gonna, never gonna say he didn't give a hundred percent when mm-hmm. he comes off the, off the field. Right. So, you know, I, I, I do, I like this matchup for Georgia it's just because TCU likes to run the ball and Georgia is great at stuffing the mm-hmm. run. I yeah. mean, where, where you've seen Georgia have problems has been in the past game. I mean, right. that's what the Buckeyes exposed LSU kind of even the and in the SEC championship exposed yep. that a little bit. Yep. TCU, they pass okay, but I wouldn't consider them the best passing team in the country. They, they just hit you for big plays. Right, and, you know, right. if you take those big plays away, then what do they do? Yeah. What do they got, you know, from a passing game? And, and I think it's going to be tough for them to run, not only because Georgia is so good at stopping it, but, they may be without their best running back as yeah. well. You know, the guy, uh, Kendra, Kendra Miller got hurt in the Michigan game with, with an apparent knee injury. Don't know what he, I mean, he said he's going to play that he's going to at least suit up, whether that means he's actually going to be out there on the field, taking snaps to be determined, but you know, he's at least said that he's going to suit up. So we hope, you know, for TCU's sake and, you know, to make this game, you know, what it's going to be or what we hope it to be a close game. Um, you know, they, they need him out there on the, on the field to really make a, make a difference. But I just think there's too many weapons, too many athletes on that Georgia team. If, you know, 12 and a half may, it may, that may be a little bit of a stretch. I don't know yeah, if I it's going to be closer. I think it'll be closer, closer than that. Uh, just because this TCU team doesn't stop fighting, whether they're down by, you know, two touchdowns or whatever, they always have that opportunity with the big plays that they're able to hit in the passing game or even, you know, break off a big run. Uh, I think that the potential there is to keep it, keep it close. Um, but ultimately I think Georgia, you know, gets it, gets a win, gets back to back. And I think TCU's team. coaching staff will have them ready to play. Absolutely. I think they yeah. do a good job of prepping their team. Mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. so. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, I, and Georgia, you know, started off slow against the Buckeyes. You know, I, I don't know, if that's, you know, going to be in their favor against a TCU team right. that, that can, you know, shock you. And then it's yeah. like, 
yeah, deer in a headlights. Yeah. yeah. What what do you do type right. thing? And and Georgia's dealing with some injuries of their own, you know, on their, you know, on, on kind of both sides of the ball as well. So I think it's kind of a wash when it comes to, you know, comes to injuries, but uh, you know, I think, yeah, the big, the big play, you know, Bowers didn't have a super big impactful game in that Ohio state. I think Ohio state did a nice job or, you know, maybe they just weren't targeting him, you know, in the, in the game plan or, you know, whatever. Yeah, really the only play he made was that crucial fourth down. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I couldn't see where his foot was. Right. So I, right. Yeah. I don't it, know. But. Yeah. It, uh, but outside of that, I mean, outside of that, he made, you know, a play here and there, but it's used to being more of an impactful player in the, in the passing game and, and, and in Georgia's offense. So, I would think that, you know, Georgia will try to get him more involved in this one to, you know, give themselves a better mm-hmm. chance on that on that offensive side because this Georgia team doesn't want to want to pass it. They want to run it down your throat just as much as, you know, as much as the, you know, Michigan would you like get to. get down a couple scores. But, yeah, Michigan you get down a couple scores in that Buckeye game. They had to change. They had to change their game plan, you right, know, completely. Right. Um, and, and so I'm, I'm thinking, you know, Georgia wants to get back to what they do and a little bit more of a, of a smash mouth, you know, kind of approach of running it, running it down your throat and, but, you know, like, like Dad said, TCU held up against, you know, probably the best team at doing that in, in Michigan. So can they do it again against, you know, another superior opponent in Georgia? But ultimately, I like, I like the Bulldogs to, to get it done and, and get a win here. Yeah. Right. Uh, I know this is our last topic, but I got one more question for the two of you. And right. not to pile on or when it rains, it pours. But uh, there's, there's uh, reports out there that Harbaugh is talking to two different teams right now, Denver and Carolina. Mm-hmm. Does he stay? Does he leave? I think he's staying. Yeah, I heard, uh, you know, to follow up on that, I, I saw uh, an article today where he basically came out and said, I believe that I'm going to be the Michigan coach next year. He said, I can't, I can't guarantee, nothing is guaranteed in this mm. world. He said, you know, we've had a fantastic year, but, you know, Michigan could decide to fire me tomorrow. Not saying that that's going to happen right. or that they should, they should do that, yeah. but he's just saying, I believe I'm going to be the coach next it year doesn't Michigan. Sound like- yeah, I, I mean, I don't. Doesn't sound like he wants to leave. And I, you know, he said, I and I didn't. I I won't even click. I don't even like. See, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't. Th- I read that comment completely different. Mm-hmm. I read that as they throw enough money at me. Right. When when he says I can't, I can't read the future. That right. Like the maybe the right deal makes him. I, I don't um, know. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's 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 very interesting to me. I, I mean, I think that it's always going to be there that the, yeah. ever since he somewhat opened the door, or opened the can of worms with, with potentially doing it the last, you know, several mm. years. I think the money's been thrown at him already. If it was about <laughs> the money, I think he already would have left. Yeah. yeah. And I, and I don't know. I mean, yeah, I hear all these reporters, all these analysts and say, you know, what more does he have left to prove at Michigan or what more is there to uh, accomplish? He can win a championship. Yeah. A national he, championship. He's never won I, a national championship yeah. there. And, and, and but he's also never won a Super never Bowl. Never won a Super Bowl and, uh, either. And he wants that as well. Right. Sure. So, I mean, it, I, I guess, yeah. But I, I believe or I feel strongly that he'll yeah. be back again next year for, for Michigan. I hope so for the big I, I, I just I don't – yeah, I don't – I just think the rumor or the possibility is always there yeah. because of what's happened in the past. Whether right. – I, I feel like this time around or, you know, as we get more and more into it, it's becoming less and less of a, of a likely thing. But he's also a coach that has, you know – done some you know strange or kind of off the wall things things. so you know you know i guess you never know but i I feel pretty confident that he's coming back you know gonna be back for michigan but you know i I just i know you guys have your ear more to that than obviously i do a lot of times i i read that like the headlines and i won't even take the bait i don't even click on it because i don't you know nobody knows i mean anybody can talk to anybody i mean yeah it's 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 a simple phone call hey jim i could could print up something and put it out there on the right and and yeah just the fact that they've made a phone call to them you know doesn't you know they're just 
Yeah, they could just be checking I, in. Hey, how you doing, Jim? I'll tell you what, I don't know who wants that job in Denver. Yeah, I'd take that over the Carolina job. Yeah, you got a little bit more weapons. I think I think you have a better situation from a from a football personnel standpoint, maybe in Denver than you do Carolina. You don't. I think if you can get Russell Wilson back on the right page, you'd be you'd be okay. And the defense, you know, the way it was playing, I think Denver should be more of an appeal. You know, obviously they had a tumultuous season, but you know, I think that they're better off. But you know, Carolina, who who I mean, they were right there in the playoff hunt. You know, as yeah. Only because their division was so bad, but you know, still we'll, we'll see. But yeah, I don't think he's making the jump. I think he'll be back, you know, in the in the maize and blue next year. Right. So very good. Well, that's all we got for you tonight. We appreciate you listening in. We'll be we'll bring you another episode next week. <laughs> you know, college basketball's heating up, and there's a lot of stuff going on. So, uh, you know, we 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 appreciate you listening tonight. Yeah, thanks for listening to Fired Up with your hosts Colton Cal. Chief Rob Cow, Matt Cordes. We uh, hope you enjoyed our episode this week. And, you know, if you want to hear other topics for future episodes or you just got a burning sports question you want to hear us talk about on the show, feel free to reach out to us on our different social medias. Uh, you can hit us up on our Instagram. Our handle is fireduppodcast, up underscore podcast. Or you can find us over on Facebook if you search for fired up comma sports podcast. And as always, you can head over to our website at www.firedup1.podbean.com where you can check out all of our past episodes and just a little bit of information about, about the show. And uh, you can find all of our past episodes and, you know, even this episode posted on pretty much any um, podcast platform you can think of, Apple, Google, Spotify. So anywhere where you can listen to a podcast, you can find our show. So appreciate you guys listening. And as always, stay, stay fired, fired up. up.